0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. Nourish is a wellbeing app created by mums for mums, offering bite-sized calm and wellbeing at your fingertips. The app is an on-demand library of meditations, videos and quick reads across mindfulness, yoga nidra, psychology and much more all tailored to the emotions and challenges we face as mums. It's a support team of well-being experts in your pocket who are all mums themselves who get it. Try Nourish to de-stress, restore and reboot and find more love, joy and calm in the chaos and pressures of modern mum life. Nourish was named App of the Day by Apple and is free to download and explore on iOS and Android. Check it out at thenourishapp.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, Series 9, Episode 8, and this week you've got me! I haven't spoken to you guys since Series 9, Episode 1, so that's, what, seven episodes ago? Um, So there is a fair amount to catch you up on, but it's nothing interesting, trust me, because we have just been in lockdown, as is everybody else, doing very, very little, which is why this series has mainly been guests, well has been guests, has been all guests, because it's been lovely to have that opportunity to give guests the platform to come on and talk about um, topics that you guys want to hear about and also to invite people on to come and talk about those things. So it's been really lovely to offer up this space and um, share other people's thoughts and other people's knowledge and opinions with you all. How brilliant was the pelvic floor chat? Last week. Was that last week? Yeah, last week. Oh my goodness, every time now I brush my teeth or I'm in the car, (laughs) I'm thinking, oh, must do a few squeezes. Because I don't know about you, every time I'd think about doing them and I'm so forgetful, I would never do them, I've barely done them. um, I would feel so guilty that I hadn't done any that I would just think, oh, a couple isn't going to make a difference, I just won't bother. But it was so refreshing to hear Claire say, actually. Yes. Uh, even just doing a few will make a difference because you're still doing it. Um, and I, and I feel like it does. I feel like it has. I don't know whether that's because babies shimmied into a different location recently. Um, but I mean, not a completely different location. He is still very much in my stomach. Uh, but I don't feel that very heavy feeling that I was talking to Claire about on the podcast. So much this week, which is quite nice. I do when I first get out of bed because I think my body's like, oh, enjoying that lying down sensation. Please stay here all day, Emma. No, you can't. You have a toddler. Get your ass out of bed. And then I stand vertical and I feel like everything is going to come out of my nether regions. Anyway, that's enough of that. So today, on today's podcast, I have a bit of a plan which is very rare, but you know me, it probably won't go to plan. So I'm going to talk about what's been going on with Amandine and pregnancy. If this is a trigger for you, I will tell you when to tune out and and talk about pregnancy. But I will just warn you now that um, I am 30 weeks pregnant and it is very much a part of everything that I am doing um, because there is no getting away from pregnancy at this stage. So if I am talking about something that's not necessarily pregnancy related, but it may then turn into being pregnancy related just because that's the way things are at the moment. So I will warn you now that if hearing about pregnancy is a massive, massive trigger, um, then see how you go, but just be wary of your own, uh, but just, just protect yourself and don't keep listening if you feel like it's a trigger for you. I try my best to separate it, but it's, it's quite challenging at this point. Um, so we're going to talk about all of that stuff and then I am going to answer your questions. Um, but I'm pretty sure that the questions will really cover <laughs> most of what's been going on. Um, all right, so let's make a start. Amundine. Amandine is wonderful. Thank you so much. She is, what is she? She's two and a half now. So literally two and a half on the 4th of March she was. And we had our two and a half month review. We were meant to have it last month, um, but it got canceled because she was ill. No, Amaldine wasn't ill, but the lady who was meant to be doing it was ill. It's over the phone at the moment. So if anyone is having them, um, I don't know if they're all over the phone, but ours down here are over the phone which is actually quite nice. We didn't have any concerns. And of course, if you do have concerns with your little one, then they, you know, they ask to see you or they refer you or whatever. But I knew going through the questionnaires that you have to fill in, um, that we were very much on the right track, but I can very much see that we're on the right track with Amaldine, you know, we're in a very lucky place where I mean, lucky and not lucky. But thinking about the high points of the lockdown, Hendrik is still at home; he is still not working. So things like language development is—I would probably go as far to say a bit ahead of the game, um, especially because she is doing two languages, not one. Um, and it's always amazed me. I remember when we had her—I don't know—was it sixth month review? one year review. I can't remember when you have them, maybe one year review. And I got told on numerous occasions that Amandine's language would be slower because she's learning two languages. And it just has not been the case whatsoever. If anything, I would go as far to say it's been faster. Um, or it's just that I talk a lot. (laughs) I wouldn't say that Hendrik talks a lot. He definitely doesn't talk a lot to me, but he talks a lot to Amandine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot to Amandine so I think that's probably the other thing is we're with her all the time, and she still doesn't go to nursery, um and she has us both there literally at her beck and call, which I'm sure we're going to pay for in some respect later, somehow. um But yeah, we are both we are both here. So her language has been amazing. Um, but what else do you do in the two and a half year review? So basically, you fill in these forms and uh, they go through the first form with you, and I think they tot up your average. They basically say, did you say no to any of the questions, or yes to any of the questions, and then they tot it up at the bottom, and they make sure you're kind of on the right scale, essentially, I suppose. And then the second questionnaire is more a question of, is anything concerning you? Did you say anything was concerning you? If so, what was it, and can I help you? And for us, it, there was nothing. One thing that I was a bit concerned about, only because the thought was in my head, I'd never seen Amandine Amandine action it at all, uh, was just with lockdown and not connecting with other little people as much and having that um, ability to just freely play with other children. I thought maybe that might hinder her development somehow, but now... I, it seems to have gone the other way. I I don't know whether this is just Amaldine. She has so much love to give. But we were at the park today and she met this really lovely little girl uh, who was pushing her on the swing. And she said, Mama, can I give her a câlin, Which is a cuddle in French. Um, and I was like, well, darling, I don't think you can really because you don't know her and you you." you've literally only just met her and she doesn't know you she's probably a little bit wary of you uh, of you and I was just trying to explain to her I don't think they were the very words I I used but trying to explain to her that not everybody wants cuddles and kisses um and we are also trying to explain to her that kisses are for mummy and daddy and uh auntie and grandma they are not for everybody (laughs) everybody because she would literally go around and kiss everybody if she could. Um, she has this gorgeous boyfriend um, who's the son of one of my very dear friends. And she just keeps just keeps going, can I, can I kiss him? Can I kiss him when I see him? And it's very, very, very cute. But obviously I have to be, as do all mothers, I suppose, we have to be conscious of how the other parents feel about that and how other parents... Um, especially during COVID feel about kisses and it's probably not the best idea right now especially being pregnant so uh, I'm trying to explain to her but it's obviously not hindering her relationship ability to build relationships at the moment Um, and it's very very sweet to see but yes she does try and she does try and grab anyone that she meets and gives give them a nice big (laughs) cuddle Which is very sweet, um Amaldine's biking I've had loads of loads of you message on Instagram. I don't know if you are listening or not, but just in case you are asking what bike it is that Amaldine has it is a womb bike w o o m bike and they are I think sold only over here in the u k by a company called the little bike company um and it is by far the best bike I would recommend. Um, especially for little girls because the seat goes down a lot lower and little boys, smaller children maybe. um, The seat goes down a lot, lot lower than most of the bikes on the market. It's expensive, but it has a brake and it has a bell and it has uh, proper spoked wheels um, and it has proper tyres rather than plastic wheels, which I think can be quite slippery, especially if you're out and about in the mud. Um, so yeah, that's the bike, but she bikes every single day. So we're now starting to think of getting her a pedal bike for her third birthday. <laughs> there are probably some of you thinking, uh, she won't be ready for a pedal bike on her third birthday. And it's highly possible she won't be, but it would be nice to just have that ability for her to have in the garden over this late summer. If she wants to just give it a bit of a go, then she can. One of Hendrick's friends when he was teaching his little girl to ride a bike um, wrapped, literally wrapped her head to toe in bubble wrap <laughs> and then let her get on the bike which I just think is the cutest thing ever and I definitely think Hendrick will be doing that. He'll probably get her knee pads and elbow pads and a new helmet for sure because um, her helmet's great but it's not um, it's not that great. We just got one from Halfords originally. Um, and then wrap the rest of her body in bubble wrap, (laughs) which I think is just brilliant. It's just brilliant. So we would like to do that for her third birthday. And then at least she has the ability to ride her bike if she so wishes. We won't use stabilizers because now we've gone balance bike route and she has the balance she cruises with her feet up all the time. She doesn't generally reach for the brake yet, but I don't think that's such a bad thing. Um she, her hands are still a little bit too small. We could adjust it if we wanted to make it able to um have smaller hands, but they're just still a little bit too small. Um Anyway, I'm waffling about the bike, but basically she's doing really, really well biking. She's doing great biking. Potty training. I know there's a question on potty training, so I want to cover this in a little bit more detail later, but we have had a few mishaps. So what seems to be happening is she never goes for a full wee or has a full accident. I'm just going to touch wood here. She hasn't had a full accident yet where she has literally weed uh, all over herself but she will kind of let a little bit go and then not say anything continue playing because she's so engrossed in what she's doing and that's all it is that she doesn't want to go to the potty but holding her pee has been causing her to have a bit of a sore bum um and we're now just trying to encourage her or to find something else which she would enjoy uh doing as a reward for going on the potty or you know, because we did give her little bits of chocolate, which worked super, super well. And she is still really keen on the little bits of chocolate when she goes for a wee or a poo. But I think it might be time to go to the star chart or something. And then um, maybe we do a book or something even smaller than a book or an activity or going to see the goats, which she really loves doing when she does a few, you know, wees and poos on the potty. Poos aren't an issue, poos are fine, although we have again had a few instances where she started to poo in her pants. Again, this is being totally engrossed in whatever she's doing and she just doesn't want to go, or she just doesn't want to spend time sitting on the potty because she's having fun. I think it's really normal. I hold my pee when I'm doing something that I'm enjoying and I can't be asked to go to the loo, or you know, but I think we all do it. I think it's completely natural, so I'm not worried at all. I'm sure it's just a stage you know the yeah she won't be able to really get away with peeing in her pants when she's running around naked in the garden so <laughs> um we haven't had any overnight incidents so she is no longer in nappies overnight she hasn't been for ages now i would go as far to say at least a couple of months i can't remember in the first podcast if she was still in nappies at night um but i remember talking to you guys about uh, Amandine um waking up a lot in the night and I'm sure that was down to her needing to go for a wee and then once we'd been for a wee she wouldn't wake up again so once she got past that stage which actually looking back didn't take long at all she now sleeps solidly through the night no issues um, and she is dry through the night she doesn't wear a nappy she just wears her pajamas Um, of course her mattress has a waterproof mattress protector on it which is on her new bed so That's been the other massive thing that has been taking up all of my time, completely, really unintentionally, but it's been enjoyable, kind of slightly stressful. But I seem to um, be really nesting in this pregnancy, like big time nesting. Um, And everything has to be done straight away. Literally, the minute I get an idea, it has to be done and this does not play in my favor it does not do anything for mine and hendrix's relationship because i can i can't really do many diy things by myself he's so much better at, at them than i am and i do not have attention to detail um, i just get things done quickly because i'm impatient and it normally turns out to be an absolute complete and utter disaster but I spend so much time planning it and then I think, oh, it's going to be great. And then it turns out to be a nightmare and then it needs fixing. (laughs) And it's a horrible, vicious circle, which I don't really realize that I'm in until I am actually fully in it. Anyway, so we, we made some amendments to Amandine's bedroom. So she was in her cot, uh, which the side dropped off. Um, and, she was sleeping quite well, but it was a, it's a small cot. It's not your average sized cot. It was a smaller one. And I wanted Amaldine to be in her big girl bed before the baby arrived, because I like to nap baby in the, in their own room, in the cot, just so they get used to being in their room. I did it with Amandine from like, not day one, but from very early on. Um, and it worked a treat when we did start putting emmaldine in her bedroom it was there was no issue at all because she was so used to it um even just for kind of the start of the evenings before I would grab her and then bring her into my room that's kind of how it would work and it really worked well so I'm hoping that if we do the same setup with this one um it will it'll you know be the same <laughs> that might be really naive but that's my hope anyway. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get her into her big bed first. And I originally was like, oh, I'm just going to go get one of those extendable Ikea beds. Anyway, I showed Hendrik them and he was just not down with that at all. He didn't want the kind of bed that I had envisaged Amaldine having, which was the, I think I spoke about this before the metal bed. Um, I, I thought it was really nice that it was extendable and cocooning and really cute. But anyway, And he liked the look of these house beds, which I did too, but none of them really fit what I wanted. And we wanted to be able to extend the bed or have a bed that would fully extend to 200 um, centimetres, so two metres, because we have lost essentially our spare bedroom in the house. We have a garage conversion for guests um, and actually really it's for Hendrik for when he's working. We very rarely have guests to stay because of Hendrick's work, but even if it's just my sister or my close friends who are in London to come down and stay for a couple of nights, it's actually quite nice having them out of the house and having our space still where we, you know, if kids are crying, it's not a big deal. Not that it would be a big deal anyway, but you know what I mean. Um, just to maintain that space. So we're not worried about losing that spare room, but when, if Hendrik's parents come and stay um, we wanted to be able to have the flexibility of, uh, a few more extra beds essentially. Um, especially because Hendrik is not planning, same as Amandine, not planning to be in the same bedroom as me when the little one is teeny tiny because he can't sleep when (laughs) I'm breastfeeding and he doesn't like broken sleep. If you've been following the podcast for a really long time, You'll know this (laughs) from when Emmeline was born. Hendrik does not play a part in the night times for the first year, I would say. After about the first year or the first maybe 15 months, he's a pro. But before that, (laughs) no, I'm on my own. So that's fine. But we just wanted to have those extra beds. So the other thing I didn't like about these house beds, which were on the market to buy, um, aside from them being extremely expensive, is they're not. They, a lot of them weren't off the floor, so they would sit on the floor. Now, I'm not a big fan of beds on the floor. Um, I think it comes from not particularly enjoying spiders, and I always think that spiders are just going to climb up onto the bed, and then into my pillows, and then into my duvet, and Yeah, I have to do a spider check every night, but that's just me, it's just the way I am. Um, But more to the point, I just wanted it to be off the bed so I could hoover under the bed and so the mattress was well aired and her duvets didn't fall onto the floor um, because, I don't know, I feel like it would potentially look a little bit messy. Um, I have nothing against anyone that has one on the floor, it's just not for me. And then the ones that I did find off the floor were only a maximum of 190, which just didn't really work for us, because um, even though it's a standard single, Hendrick's a long man, and if he ever needed to sleep in the bed, uh, he would want a 200. So <laughs> we also wanted to be able to fit a spare mattress underneath the bed. The last time Hendrix's parents came to stay, we bought an Ikea mattress, and then we literally sold it a week or two later, because we had nowhere to store it the bed that hendrik thought it would go under it wouldn't fit so we um we, <laughs> we couldn't put the mattress underneath so i was like you've got to build it hendrik you're just going to have to build it so i started drawing up all of the plans and i mean the conversation didn't quite go like that but i started drawing up all the plans i started cost- costing out all of the wood and realized that actually instead of a 400 500 pound bed plus mattress we could build this bed for about hundred pounds. Yes. A lot of effort. Um, and if you didn't have the tools, it would obviously cost you a lot more because he, Hendrik does have all the tools now, but, um, yeah, it, it, it was a lot cheaper to do and actually didn't take Hendrik that long. I would say it took him probably a day and a half, maybe two days of solid work on it. Um, But he he did an amazing job, and it looks beautiful. Everything is highlighted over on Emma Jolin's Instagram page in the highlights if you want to go and have a look, and there's a grid post on there as well. So on top of the bed frame, we topped it with Ludroy slats just from Ikea. That was the easiest thing to do, to get 90 by 200 Ludroy slats. And then on top of that, we have put the most beautiful, beautiful The Little Green Sheep mattress, which is a natural as it can be pretty much mattress. I will caveat it right now that it was kindly sent to us and I am going to give you a little bit of a review on it now. I did say to them that I would, um, but I also want you to know that we are avid customers of theirs. When Amandine was born, we were kindly sent uh, mattress protectors and cot sheets, a little cute package um, of cot sheets for Amandine's snooze pod and also her cot. And since then I have purchased many of their sheets and also ex- extra mattress protectors because they are just beautiful. And it's just so nice to know as a mum. And also when I spend a lot of time or when Hendrick and I spend a lot of time curating her sleep environment for her, it's just lovely to know that she is sleeping right on natural products. Um, as you know, if you've been listening for a long time, Amandine's sleep environment is a real, real focus for Hendrick and I. Hendrick's sleep environment is a huge focus for him. And I think that's why we put so much care and attention into Amandine's and have done from day one. So she has blackout blinds that Hendrick made because everything that we found um, just didn't cut the mustard and a white noise machine, which she still has for naps and also for um, her evening sleep. And we also have the temperature Um, set at 18.5 in her room. So we have a nest uh, thermostat system and we put the thermostat in Amaldine's room, especially over the winter to make sure that the temperature in her room is constant. So that's at 18.5 and then we dress her appropriately. So at the moment, even in her big bed, she's sleeping in her sleep bag, in her grow bag, uh, which is a two and a half tog and then pajamas underneath. And she's super, super comfortable and sleeps so incredibly well, so it was really important for us to naturally feed her sleep environment essentially through into what she would actually be sleeping on um, and As I mentioned, the little green sheep sent us some bits when Amandine was born, and I have been just so impressed ever since um, and it 's wonderful to be working with them again as we progress into the next stage of amandine 's sleep as she grows. So the Little Green Sheep mattress uh, mattresses, all of them, are completely made of non-toxic natural materials, which are hypoallergenic, naturally insulating and breathable, and f- free from chemicals. So our particular mattress, which if you want to go and have a look, is the Natural Junior Mattress Single, EU size, 90 by 200. And the core of the mattress is wool, latex, and coconut coir, and the outside is cotton. And it is the most beautiful mattress I think I've ever seen. If you go onto my Instagram on Emma Jolin, all of the bed highlights, um, as I mentioned, are on there, but there's a picture of the mattress on the bed and you'll just see, it's just gorgeous. It is just gorgeous. It's quilted cover. And I would say it is about medium firm. I can definitely sleep on it perfectly comfortably. And I hope to one day. I really hope to one day. It's like a dream bed, that bed. Um, But when you go to the Lullaby Sleep Trust website and look through all of their advice and guidance on sleep, you definitely do want something that is on the firmer side um, for little ones and toddlers. And this fits the bill perfectly. It is really lovely and firm. And I just feel completely worry-free with her sleeping on it, which is a huge, huge bonus. (laughs) A huge bonus. So we also were kindly sent a mattress protector, and I have to say they're mattress protectors. I have never, ever seen anything like them. They are 100% waterproof, but they do not feel waterproof whatsoever. And when I first got it, I remember when I got Amandine's tiny one when she was a baby, And it said on the package, 100% waterproof. And I opened it and I was like, really? How can this be 100% waterproof? Because I'd only ever come across those horrible ones that are crinkly on the outside and they feel sticky on the inside and you feel like you're really going to sweat if you sleep on that. And I remember um, Hendrik will never sleep on a mattress protector because that's just what he just always sweats on mattress protectors. If we ever sleep in hotels or something, he just really wants to take them off. (laughs) I don't, obviously I want to leave them on at hotels, but he wants to take them off. Anyway, it is a hundred percent waterproof. It's a hundred percent cotton on the exterior, which makes it so incredibly soft. And on the inside, it's a hundred percent polyurethane. I think I say that right. Membrane. Um, So it's so handy. And trust me, you would not want to ruin this beautiful, beautiful quilted um, exterior of the mattress. It's just stunning. So to have that and also know that if Amandine did have an accident in bed, that her mattress wouldn't be completely annihilated. Also, one of the best things is they wash so, so well. And these mattress protectors, you can tumble dry, which is key. Again, if you have a little one who maybe you're potty training um, or they're sick in the night or they just have an accident or they pour their water all over their bed, which Amandine has done many times before. You can just whip it off and dry it really quickly so if you have a tumble dryer of course I have to say that was I think my only lockdown purchase was a tumble dryer and it has saved my bacon I love love my tumble dryer I think it was the best money I've spent in a really long time with my tumble dryer but go check them out if you haven't come across the little green sheep Yet, then do check them out if you have a little one or if you're looking for the next stage um, mattress for your toddler. They do everything from Moses baskets right the way up to big, you know, 90 by 200 mattresses. I just wish, wish, wish they did adult ones because I would have one in a heartbeat. I love them. Go check them out, they're over at the thelittlegreensheep.co.uk. So, this nesting hasn't just stopped at Amaldine's bed. It then moved on (laughs) to needing to change all the furniture in Amaldine's room and put that in the little boy's room and then get Amaldine some new stuff. So I basically created this idea in my head and I got completely drawn into Pinterest where the back wall of Amaldine's room would be like a beautiful desk and then a cupboard for her toys and then a chest of drawers, all in a lovely long sleek line. Anyway, I bought some of the bits, only some of the bits because it was just like here and I needed Hendrik to build the desk bit. So there was again quite a lot of Hendrik involvement here. Um and <laughs> he did not like the idea obviously after I'd bought all the stuff and painted the stuff. So there was no taking that back. So now again we're trying to fix what apparently is my issue. Um so yeah anyway and I also did the same with um the little boys room I did uh I painted the wardrobe which was white into like a really lovely blue and Hendrik and I Hendrik does not agree that it's a really lovely blue he thinks it is a dull gray blue boring color But for me, I wanted something that was a deep, rich colour, however, calming. Calming is important for a toddler's room or a baby's room. It's just important for a bedroom anyway, I think. Loads of colour, I don't mind, but they need to be on the softer side of the palette, I think. Um, Anyway, so, so, and Hendrik didn't like that, so I think he's come around now. I think he's come around to that, but it was an awful lot of painting, just to be told, I don't like it. Anyway. So the nesting has gone slightly out of control, but I think it's raining itself in now. It is definitely raining itself in now, and uh we're getting <laughs> we're getting things back under control. <laughs> and I think I'm now entering into the stage of pregnancy where it's just, just like, oh, I don't care. Just either do it, change it, or don't change it, whatever, I'm not bothered. Um so yes. That's the nesting. But at least we got the bed done, right? At least we got the bed done, which was actually the thing we needed to get done because I wanted the cot into the little boy's room so Amandine could have her bed. So yeah, there we go. (laughs) So that's pretty much been the focus of what's been going on these last however many weeks, eight weeks, two months. It's been an awful lot of nesting, an awful lot of annoying Hendrik, an awful lot of arguments. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Back in 2018, when I started the podcast, one of the first things I was kindly sent was an all-in-one kit from Cheeky Wipes. And we have used and purchased more ever since. Cheeky Wipes make washable, reusable baby wipes, makeup removal pads, reusable period protection, and more. As you know, with Amandine we really have tried to do our part using cloth nappies for a big chunk of time and reusable wipes. We use cheeky wipes for bum, hands and face, white cotton terry cloths for bum and coloured microfibre cloths for hands and face after every meal. The all-in-one kit has everything you need whether you are using cloth or disposable nappies. The wipes are great for sensitive skin using just water and a few drops of essential oil. You know exactly what you are using on your little one's delicate skin. The kit is so easy to set up, use and wash. We literally pop them in the wash bag and into the washing machine. We honestly find they clean a pooey bum much better than disposable wet wipes. You can find the all-in-one kit and their full range of products at CheekyWipes.com and you can do your part for the environment and your wallet, saving over £500 over two years by switching to reusable wipes and nothing is being added to landfill. So I'm going to update you very briefly on pregnancy right now. So if you are wanting to tune out, tune out now. Um, Pregnancy's been good. It is different. My God, it's different to Amandine. I am so uncomfortable. Um, I didn't realize pregnancy could be this uncomfortable. Um, I know I'm still doing loads like painting and shifting furniture and lifting wardrobes, which I probably shouldn't be doing, but it helps me feel active. Um, because as, as those of you with a toddler will probably know, you don't necessarily get out for those lovely long pregnancy walks that I did with Amandine to stay active. Um, I've been trying to encourage myself to do some more yoga because that really does seem to be helping. Not the yoga that I was doing before when I was teaching, but which was really aggravating pelvic girdle pain and things. But this is just more really, really checking in on my ego and doing things that I know my body needs. So just simple cat cows, very gentle. um, God, what am I even doing? Little shoulder stretches, arm stretches, those kind of things. Uh, More stretching than yoga. I would say my yoga is absolutely off the mat right now. (laughs) Um, It is not in asana, through asana, through movement. It is in my head. Um, Patience, that kind of stuff. So what else can I update you with on my pregnancy? Um, Home birth. Okay, yes. Loads of you were asking me about home birth stuff and why I was thinking about having a home birth. So yes, yes why am I thinking about having a home birth? It's mainly because of Amaldine, I think. I want to be at home. Um, I want to be... I just just really feel like I want to be... I have the confidence this time, I think, to just be at home. Um, And I really want to have that feeling of having the baby and then just really settling into our little cocoon for a couple of weeks. Um, whether that will happen I don't think it will because of toddler life but um, I would like to have that ability whereas last time you know I went into the hospital it was all very much go 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 which was lovely and then very much me um, and then we got home and then every single day for like the next week we had to go up to the midwife unit to have jaundice testing um, and it was just quite full on uh, looking back on it whereas this time I'd like to lock myself in the house. <laughs> um, so we're looking into uh, water birth, we're getting a, a birth pool, but what's been really lovely is my midwife appointments have been at home. Last week wasn't or not last week, a few weeks back wasn't because I needed bloods, but um they should now all be at home. Um baby is, was at that appointment breach. So that'll be fun to see if he is still breech. My midwife wasn't concerned whatsoever. Um, she's lovely. And actually, I completely lucked out. So I don't think I've told you guys this, but completely lucked out. When I was first pregnant with Amaldine, I was under Honiton's care. That's just how it felt. But then since having Amaldine, the um, services have... I had a bit of a, uh, switch around and I fell under the Exeter care, um, which was fine. Totally fine. Nothing against Exeter's care. Um, but when I switched to home birth, just so happened that my Honiton midwife who saw me all the way through my pregnancy with Alandine, not the birth, because I think that's quite un- un- ab- abnormal if they do, but, um, Saw me right the way through and she turns out she was on the home birth team. So when the lead, I think, home midwife birthing team lady called, said we're just trying to figure out which lady to assign you, we have either Carolyn or somebody else. I was like, wait a minute, is that my Carolyn? (laughs) Yay, I'll have Carolyn. (laughs) So anyway, she gave me Carolyn, which is lovely because... She knows Amaldine, of course, and she knows me and she knows Hendrik. She's been to our house before um, and we just felt really, really comfortable. And I think that has given me the extra bonus is that she knows my body. She's seen me pregnant before. She knows my attitude towards it all. Um, And even though she wasn't there for the birth, she saw me straight after. So I just think it's just really lovely. I'm incredibly lucky that that's happened. Um, and it's just nice to have that rapport with somebody that, you know, already, and she's very laid back and she's very chill. So it's lovely. Anyway. Yeah. So we're just looking into birth pools at the moment. We are going to take our bed. It's going to be such an upheaval. And I don't think Hendrick's quite prepared for this, but we're going to take the bed that is currently in the garage conversion out, put it in the garage, the actual garage, which is the other half of the garage, <laughs> um, and put the birth pool in there. And then I guess just put down some sofa cushions or something to lie on if I need to. I don't know. I have no idea. I haven't figured that bit out yet. Um. Oh, actually, yes, a single mattress. We could put a single mattress in there just on the floor and then the birth pool. I think that would fit, possibly. Oh, It's a very small room, very, very small. But it does have a bathroom with a shower. However, the shower is electric. So we don't actually have any plumbed in hot water over there we only ran cold water over there when we did the conversion. And the shower, as I said, is electric. So it creates its own hot water through the electric um, shower console, whatever you call it. So we need, I think we need like 20 meters of pipe hose to fill the pool. Now, before I just thought, oh yeah, we can just use the garden hose. That's totally fine. But obviously thinking about it and reading about it, you cannot use the garden hose because the water that you're filling it with is going to be the first contact that your baby has with the outside world. It absolutely can't be um, contaminated in any possible way because of course you're essentially birthing from... Open wound, or if you get a wound, you don't want to get it infected, so lots to think about. And a 20 meter hose isn't actually very easy to get hold of, as I have found out. So, yes, I'm looking into it all now, and um, I will share recommendations of places to hire or to buy whatever we figure out doing with this birth pool. I really would like to just be able to run the bath and just give birth in the bath, but our bath is really small. And our bath is right opposite Amandine's room. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not giving birth in the actual house. Because Hendrix seemed Well, I also remember making a lot of noise when I gave birth to Amandine. I was not quiet and all internal. I was very much external <laughs> with my birth. So I think the garage is a good place. And also we would like to try and avoid childcare. We really want to try and keep it the three of us doing this with the midwife. Unless, obviously, I need to go into hospital, in which case, knowing Caroline, or Carolyn, um, she uh, is so wonderful that I would feel completely comfortable just going in with her, and then Hendrik can follow on with Amandine if and when he can. Um, that doesn't really bother me too much. So we would like to do that. So if, if the birth is happening in the day, it would be nice to have my own space where... Amandine doesn't need to be around because I do. I do think that Amandine would actually find it very difficult to watch. If I am caught crying by Amandine or something, she looks absolutely devastated herself, and I just and I have to explain to her why Mummy's crying or why I'm upset. Or um, and I just think I think she'd be very very confused by it all, and I'm not sure it would do her any good. Um, Hendrik. He's basically on the same as same wavelength as Amaldine. He doesn't really want to see it again either. I I'm sure if you've listened from my birth story, you'll know that Hendrik was actually really quite traumatized by it. I think by nothing happened. It was wonderful birth, but um, I think he was quite traumatized by it. Anyway, I am waffling, 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 but essentially, um, yes, home birth is very much in the running. Um, and I hope we can pull it off. I hope. So we will. We will see. You know, Hendrix telling me to keep preparing for um, a not so good birth and going into hospital uh, because I had such a lovely birth with Amaldine, You can't have too much good, so someone has to get the bad. So I am. Um, that's nice and positive, isn't it? Really nice and positive place to find myself in um, <laughs> with Hendrick. <laughs> So yeah, it's, um, he's keeping, he's keeping me on the straight and narrow and not being too much in my head. Definitely. Right. Let's get to answering your question quite swiftly. Um, because I know that if you are listening to have your question answered, then I hope you skipped all of the stuff before. Okay, so how to prepare for first week after baby is born. I am no expert. I definitely didn't do it right last time. But I would say, you know, things that people always say, do batch cooking in the fridge. I never did that. Um, Or in the freezer. Do that. It will make your life easier, especially if you have a toddler. I'm going to try and do it this time, but I'm definitely probably not going to do it. But uh, yeah, do that. (laughs) Batch cook. Um... One of the best bits of advice I can give is make sure if you're having or well, any kind of birth hospital home birth whatever, make sure you know where you' where you think your baby's gonna sleep for their first night, uh, which I'm sure is' in with you, what your baby's gonna wear, have a rough idea of the temperature of the room so you're not suddenly googling, oh how many pyjamas do they need to be wearing how many togs sleep suit do they need to be wearing because it seems like a lot when you're putting it on them compared to what you wear I remember that with Amandine I came back and it was like 11 o'clock at night we'd just been you know in the whole headspace of it all we we I, I don't know quite how it got to 11 o'clock before we actually thought about going to bed we were home at about five so I don't quite know how that happened But I remember standing with Hendrik freaking out because I didn't really know what the temperature was. It seemed like we were putting her in loads and loads of clothes. It looked like the sleep suit was strangling her. Um, I was just really stressing out. So have prepared what they're going to wear, have a rough idea of the temperature, especially if it's the summer and what you should be putting them in. Um, There's loads and loads of advice online. Lullaby Sleep Trust is great. Grow Bag Company is great. I know they've been taken over by Tommy Teepee, but I think their um, website is still live with the uh, TOG recommendation stuff. Um, Basically, if you just type into Google, what should my baby wear to sleep. There's loads of stuff, loads and loads of stuff. Um, what else can I say? But have enough, have an idea of if you want guests or if you don't want guests coming over to see you and your baby. Um, obviously with COVID, it really depends where the rules are, what, what, where the lay of the land is, I guess, but have an idea of, um, how much outside interaction you want, I suppose. Um, And then don't have any ideas about what you'll be doing. Because I often think that we have so much time to think about and prepare for little one's arrival. And then it comes and it's just completely different to what we ever expected the first few days to be. Um, So try not to think about that too much, I guess. Because I don't think it'll ever be what you envisage. And whether that will be a happy thing for you or a sad thing for you, I'm not too sure. But go with the flow. Absolutely, excuse me, go with the flow. Because I just think, let your baby lead you. Your baby's needs are definitely going to come before everything else. Um, So just let your baby lead you for those first. Well, for a while. Amandine's still leading me. (laughs) She's still leading me. And what was the other thing I was going to say, um, which was actually really important. And I can't remember. It's completely gone from my head. Um, so I will come back to it if it comes back to me. (sighs) I think it's gone. I think it's gone. Um, okay. Feelings about becoming a mum of too soon. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) slightly apprehensive, very excited, very apprehensive. Um, I'm conscious that I am quite uncomfortable, so I'm quite keen to move time along here, but I'm also keen to slow time down because I will never, ever, ever get this time alone with Amandine again. And that's true. That, that, that often brings me to tears because (sighs) she's my firstborn and I just can't imagine not being able to give her all of my time. And I know I'm not going to be able to give her all of my time. Um... And I think baby arriving is going to completely coincide with Hendrik going back to work. So it's going to be a big double whammy shock for her that daddy's not here, papa's not here, and there's a new baby, and she's not getting papa's attention or really mama's attention. So, yeah, I, I really want time to go quickly, but I also want to slow it the hell down because I know that the minute the baby arrives, I'll be like, oh, I wish I didn't wish for the baby to be here already in the nicest possible way, obviously. So yes, mixed feelings. Capsule newborn essentials. Okay, I'm going to try and do a little bit of a post on my Instagram about this, because I feel like this would be really, really helpful, mainly for me as well to refresh my mind of what I actually need. But I actually think I have everything I need. So it's just a checklist, really. But um, I would say not so much newborn essentials, but essentials for you to start with, Um, you know, after with you having a newly birthed, um, body, essentially, you you need like pads and breast pads if you're breastfeeding, but probably still, if you're not breastfeeding, um, well, oh, that's what I was going to say to how to prepare for your first week after baby's born. If you're breastfeeding, I think it still happens if you're, you know, your milk still comes in, if you're not breastfeeding, if you just choose not to use it, well then I assume dry up again, I'm not entirely sure, I'm not an expert on that whatsoever, but, um, day three was quite emotional for me. I know a lot of people don't experience that, but I definitely felt the hormones of my milk coming in, which was on day three for me quite typically. Um, I think it happens on day three for a lot of people. So just don't go to Ikea on day three after giving birth like I did. I have no idea what I was thinking. I was going to get this mattress for Hendrick's parents, the mattress that I told you a week later that we sold. <laughs> I was going to get it from Ikea. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking. My milk was coming in and I started crying on the way home. And uh, what an idiot. What an idiot I was. We'll not be doing that this time. That's the problem, I think, is you feel like Superwoman after you've given birth, or I did. And I was like, yeah, I can do anything. I'm totally fine. Like, my body's totally fine. It's not. It's just given birth. Goodness sake. Anyway, still, capsule newborn essentials. You just literally need baby grows, nappies, hats, depending on what time of year it is, obviously. Something to sleep in, a couple of things to sleep in, maybe if they have a pooey accident, some sheets um, a snooze cot, snooze pod or something like that next to the bed, or maybe you're going to co-sleep. I don't, I'm not too sure, but, um, something along those lines and an easily accessed boob or all the bottles and formula that you need. Uh, essentially they really don't need very much wipes, cotton wool, water you're meant to do, aren't you? Um, and really, I think that's it. Newborn essentials, they really don't need much. They just need, oh, okay. Yes. You, um, a baby carrier. (laughs) I would for the first few months probably have a wrap baby carrier because they're just super soft. They hug them really close into you. You can breastfeed in them. Um, you probably don't want to, but you can, and they are just the best. The best, the best, the best. Uh, I love them. We got ours from Fornesi Studios, a lovely lady who now lives in Copenhagen. She's called Angelika, and she is just really brilliant. Um, and I love ours and I can't wait to wear it again. It's already out and ready. I also got one from Ergo Baby as well. Our baby carries from Ergo Baby, but I wouldn't put our newborn in the Ergo Baby straight away. It's just too big. So the wrap would be great. I think baby born baby Bjorn do some. Oh, and actually Ergo Baby do too now. Some very newborn ones, um, baby carriers, which I think are meant for are meant to kind of be like a wrap, but they're not. They're more like a established carrier. But definitely one of those. And then if you're going to be doing pram stuff, I guess you need a buggy, but we barely used our buggy to start with because I just carried Amandine everywhere. And to be honest, I think to start with, I'm going to be doing, I'll be, I'll have Amandine and her out and about, um, and then baby, I'll just be carrying. I think, I think that's what'll happen. Um, but we will get a buggy board. If anyone has any recommendations for a buggy board, I need that recommendation, please. (laughs) Um, because we need one. Okay. How is potty use and sleeping in a big girl bed? So I think I've covered this already, but potty use, yeah, we're having occasional accidents, but 90% of the time we're doing fine and she's dry at night. And Amandine sleeping in a big girl bed is going so much better than I ever could have imagined. Um, the one thing I did forget to say about Amandine sleeping is she never gets out of bed. So, and I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't think this is anything to do with us and anything that we've said to her, because we haven't said anything to her. But once she is in bed, she doesn't get out until we go in in the morning. So she'll call us in the morning to let us know that she's awake and then we'll go in and she will always still be in her bed. She never tries to get out and go play. She never, nothing, never. When she was in her cot with the side down, there were a few instances where she got out of her cot and she went and sat in the chair that was in her room. The chair is no longer in her room. Um, it was the breast kind of breastfeeding chair type thing. And um, but since being in her big big girl bed, she has not moved an inch, which I find really interesting. And I'm not encouraging her to get out and play. I mean, sometimes it would be nice, wouldn't it, for her to wake up and then... I think it's the fact, actually, that her bedroom's so black she can't actually see. So it might be, might well be that. That if there was more light coming in and she woke up, she'd be able to see that her books are there and her desk is there with her colouring crayons and, um, you know, everything is there ready for the taking. Her toys are there. But no, at the moment, it's amazing. She doesn't get out. Tips for getting through first trimester while looking after a toddler and working. Oh my goodness, you're amazing. I have very little tips. I don't think I've done it very well. <laughs> I don't have a full-time job where I have to leave the house. Um, so I can juggle everything and I do, I do everything that I need to do in her naps and in the evenings. Um, uh, it's not the same with a toddler. You can't just sit down when you're exhausted. You can't. It's exhausting um, and first trimester is hard work to get through, but it does finish and you do come out the other side with more energy, with more patience for your toddler. Um, and that's probably the biggest tip that I can give you is you will come out the other side, I promise, and you will have more energy and it will feel better. Um, and I just remember feeling incredibly guilty that first trimester. I mean, I still do a little bit, um, but yeah, just keep going keep going because you're doing so, 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 so well. Also, how are you and how are you coping? Oh, thank you. I'm really fine. I'm really well. Thank you. Any recommendations for toddler sunglasses? I hope you're well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, toddler sunglasses, baby (laughs) eaters. So we got Amaldine some baby eaters, and they're very cool they are from, well, the ones that Amaldine has, I need to get her the next size up, they're too small now, but the ones I got for her were zero to two, and they were really great value, and I think if you lose them or snap them, they're basically unsnappable, but if you lose them or snap them, they send you a free pair, Uh, and I really trust in the brand, I think they're great, so I would highly recommend Baby Eaters. Do you think you'll want a third child? Yes, I do want a third child, but Hendrik does not. We will not be having a third child. (laughs) I can clarify that now. I do believe this is the last time I'll be pregnant, which is why I'm trying to soak it all up as well. Um, Unless Hendrik has a massive change of heart, I think we'll be sticking to two. I don't think we'll be having another one. Um, Hendrik was happy to just have one, so being able to, you know get another one. (laughs) I feel incredibly lucky and incredibly, um, yeah, just lucky that we've been able to get pregnant again. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. We're done. Does Amandie never get bored when it's too cold wet to go out? No, actually she doesn't. Um, And to be honest, ever since we got all of her wet weather gear, we just go out anyway and we go out paddle splashing and we go out on her bike still when it's raining or we go into the forest where it's a little bit covered. The next three days down here in Devon are a complete washout. Um, So we're going to go to the forest and we're just going to cruise around in the forest for a bit because she still likes going out when it's raining. We just don't go out for as long. But no, we, we tend to go out you know, as you're allowed once anyway, and every day. And then the afternoon she's just playing with her toys anyway. So she doesn't really get bored. I don't think. Um, not that I'm really aware of. No, I don't think she does. Morning sickness. I'm suffering really bad and I feel so alone. Oh, bless you. I'm so sorry. You feel so alone. That's horrible. Um, so I actually recorded a podcast with one of my dear, dear friends. Um, and she had horrific HG hyper. Oh, I can't say it. Hyper remesis garavardum. I can't say it, but that's going to come live very, very, very soon. I'm probably next week, actually, probably next week. And I think what she says in the podcast is going to be so, so helpful for you. Um, And you won't feel alone once you've listened to it. And um, I'm so sorry you feel so alone. If it's really, really bad, do speak to your doctor. Try and reach out. Um, There are support groups. Again, my lovely friend Charlotte shares all of this in the podcast. So I will get that live for you really, really soon. Because I hate for you to know that you're feeling really alone. But maybe I'll put up a little question box this week on Mum Talk Podcast. And see if I can connect you with anyone who also is feeling really rubbish um, and you guys can chat to each other cause it's always really nice talking to someone at the same stage in pregnancy as you. Um, and I think that would be really lovely for you. So I'll do that. And then if you want to connect, you can. How do you keep positive while trying to conceive your second? I'm struggling is very hard. It's so hard and I really feel for you and I'm so sorry, um, that it's being a, it's a struggle at the mo- at the moment. Um, Uh, try again, reach out, talk about it as much as you can. Don't internalize it too much. Reach out for specialist advice, if that helps and makes you feel better. Um, Maybe speak to a holistic uh, fertility um, person, specialist, consultant. I found that really helpful. Uh, They look at all elements and all aspects of your life just to check it's all on track and, you know, your worries and your focus isn't elsewhere type thing. Um, It's really hard. It is really hard, but I think allow yourself to feel how hard it is because there's very little else you can do. It is, it is, it's really hard to keep positive and you don't have to be positive all the time. You don't have to be. How are you feeling? How is the birth prep going? Are you doing any hypnobirthing? So birth prep, actual birth prep isn't going yet. (laughs) Apart from knowing that I want to have a home birth, I guess. Uh, Hypnobirthing, no, I'm probably not going to go there again. Um, I think because of the yoga that I do, I am very much aware of the breathing techniques um, and they're very much at the top of my mind anyway because of yoga. So I won't do any hypnobirthing refreshes or anything like that, um, I don't think. And also, I kind of just want to really just let everything happen and unfold in the way that it's meant to be, and the way that it's meant to unfold. Because I did, I was incredibly lucky, I had a wonderful birth with Amaldine. And I feel like if I focus too much on that, and I do too much hip I don't know actually but if I if I focus too much on recreating that birth it's just not going to happen um and I just think this is this is another birth it's completely individual to the one that I had before just like the pregnancy is completely different to Amaldine's. I'm just going to let it unfold roll with it have zero expectations um if it doesn't end up being at home and I end up going to the hospital that's totally fine too I think where I'll struggle is if babies breach and stays breach. I think I'm going to struggle with that because I've, I have I guess I've never really considered a C-section or turning the baby or anything like that. Um, I had loads of conversations about it with people that have, but I've never thought it would be something that would happen to me. So it'll be interesting to see what the midwife says next week. But there's still lots of time. I'm 30 weeks, so baby has 8 weeks to turn around. Recommendations for a bed guard please. I don't have any. I'm really sorry. We don't use one. Amandine's only fallen out of her big girl bed once and it was a plonk on the bum and she has really big cushions down there that we put for her when she sleeps. So we haven't we don't use one. How is birth planning going for a home birth? So I think I've covered that. Um, I will talk more about that though in the next couple of weeks when we come to the series end. I will chat more about home birth uh, once I know the pool and what we're doing. Can I ask which straw cup A is using? Oh, yes, she uses one for out and about. she That's the only straw cup she uses. Otherwise she uses a normal cup. She actually has glass same as we do at dinner, because that is what she desires. (laughs) She doesn't want to be different. Um, And then in the day, yeah, so she'll just use either what we're using or a, you know, a a cup that she has, a bamboo cup or something. The straw cup, oh my God, what is the brand? It's a random brand, an incredibly random brand. It's not your normal ones like Lywood or clean canteen I've heard they're really good though Uh, I will find it and I will share it on my Instagram look out tomorrow for it on my Instagram I will share it I will share a picture but it's really random one I don't even know where I got it actually um but I really like it I really like it uh I'm saving my podcast for our nine and a half hour flight back home yay uh essential toddler toys outdoor summer activities Ooh, essential toddler toys. I don't think there's anything essential. Um, give them a cardboard box and they'll prefer that to the toy that's in it. I still really do believe in that, but essential toys, a bike, <laughs> is that, is that a toy? Is a bike a toy? I would say a bike because it just gives them so much independence and so much joy with Amandine anyway. Um, Yeah, I would definitely say her bike is her favourite thing of all that she uses. And then Amandine loves just getting little bags, finding random stuff all over the house. This is quite dangerous, so maybe don't do this. But um, when Hendrik has his toolbox out, which has lots of like washers and nuts and bolts in, we're very confident that she won't swallow any of these. And also our eyes are on her the whole time when she's doing this, but she'll select what she calls little treasures out of there. And then she will um, put them all in lots of little bags and arrange them. And it's very cute. She loves tiny things. Amaldine loves tiny things. But when, whenever we buy her anything, it gets about 10 minutes attention. And then that's it. She's not really fussed. Um, right now, her favourite thing is this little wooden rocking penguin, which she had when she was about six months old showed no interest in then found it in her little brother's room the other day and hasn't let it out of her sight since so that's her favorite thing right now which is ridiculous outdoor summer activities I mean again really depends on what's happening with lockdown I suppose and when the reviews happen and stuff but I just really believe in making the most of nature being outside Amandine loves her bubble machine Uh, she loves the sprinkler we have a paddling pool we have a teepee. So I tend to just put all of that stuff outside in the garden. Um, but activities like jaunts in the forest, finding leaves, finding twigs, making stick men, uh, going to the beach if we can, going swimming, uh, that stuff, that kind of stuff, just, I feel like we have a lot of time ahead of ourselves as parents to entertain our children. Um, and right now we have just, it's just so beautiful watching them outside, watching them take in everything soon. so much new stuff, watching the birds, um, listening to different sounds playing in the stream. They're so innocent right now. It's just, it's easy to just take them out into nature and just let them immerse themselves in it um, sandcastle building. I'm all for just doing that right now. (laughs) Um, and then the last question is a potty training podcast. Yes, I do want to do a potty training podcast. It's actually quite hard to get hold of an expert to come on the podcast to do a potty training podcast. Um, but yes, I do want to do one. I'm, I really will try and share my tips with you. Um, I have talked quite a lot about the potty training if you scroll back through the podcasts when we were actually doing it but essentially my top tips are find something that works for you and find something that works for your child don't necessarily follow all of the um, advice given maybe put two lots of advice together to create what you think your child needs for instance Amandine um, didn't want to be told to go to the potty she wanted to be in control of it so she would uh, we would encourage her to, to go to the potty rather than put her on the potty or, you know, make her sit there for 10 minutes just to try it. Um, that didn't work for Amandine. We rewarded her with chocolate. I'm never going to deny that. We did. And it worked to treat, even though loads of people say don't reward it because it's a natural habit. You need to get into the a natural a skill. We still give her chocolate. <laughs> um... And don't rush it too soon. I think uh, in my head, I was like, ready. She's ready really way too early. I remember when she did her first pee on the potty, I think she was only about 13, 14 months old, something like that. Um, and she was never ready to go. It was just luck. But then from then on, I was thinking, oh, is she ready? Is she ready? Is she ready? And she wasn't. So I do believe that any time between kind of two and three is a good time for potty training and it's up to you when you do it really. For us it was three three or four, three, two days of solid accidents or maybe one day of solid accidents and it's very easy to give up after that day and then from <laughs> then on uh, it was pretty, pretty progressive actually. Um, but yeah, have I listened back to some of the potty training episodes and I will try and get my head around actually trying to get a professional on to talk about it because I am not a professional. Um, I can just share with you our experience and I will try and also do a top tips post on Instagram. So you can see that too. I'm trying to be helpful on Instagram, but it just takes so much time, time of which I do not have. And that is the last question, my wonderful, wonderful friends and listeners. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have enjoyed listening to my waffle once again. Next week, we will have a guest back on. Um, This is probably going to be an 11-episode series, you lucky, lucky things, Um, because I have another guest, and then I'll want to wrap it up at the end. So it probably will be an 11 episode series. Anyway, I will love you and leave you. Thank you so much for listening. And Just before we go, I want to introduce you to a brand, Nutra Vita. And with being such a busy mum, and I'm sure all mums out there can appreciate this, having a one-stop shop for all your vitamins needs are a must these days when little ones are running riot. Nutra Vita is that place and all their products are sourced and manufactured in the UK. Therefore, the quality assurance is second to none. No nasties. I currently take a pregnancy supplement. However, when I'm not pregnant, I take vitamin C, vitamin D, B12 and B6. And NutriVita offer all of these. They even have vitamin D baby drops for our little ones. The vitamin world can be a daunting place to enter. However, with NutriVita's super easy and informative website, it is a breeze to pick up all of your supplements in one click. I found the customer service team super helpful in assisting me with any queries too. So if you're a little stuck with what you need or where to go for you and your family's supplements, make sure you check these guys out via www.nutravita.co.uk. And for 15% off, enter mumtalk15 at the checkout thank you so, so much for listening as always. And a big thank you to our friends at Nourish and Cheeky Wipes. And of course, Nutravita for supporting today's podcast. Please, please do leave a review, subscribe and rate. It really does help other mums to find the series and be supported by our wonderful, wonderful community. I will catch up with you all again next week. Have a lovely rest of your week. Lots of love. Bye.